Talk 1110-993-WBT. Sean Davis from The Federalist saying that the FBI is so committed to transparency that nearly the entire Trump raid affidavit has been redacted. Virtually every bit of the 30-some-odd pages blacked out. It's an unprecedented raid. Uh, sorry, trans raid. It's a raid that doesn't identify as a raid. It's a trans raid. It's unprecedented. We've never seen it before. The judge was like, we need to get some details here. And the DOJ is like, okay, here you go. And they hand him this thing, and it's basically like 30 pages of, of just blacked out text. Although, if you read them all together, like first word, never. Second word, gonna. Give you up. Never gonna let you down. I'm kidding. Oh, I just rickrolled you. Sorry. 704-570-1110 and one 800 W, it actually says orange man bad. That's the reason. That's the justification under the law. Orange man, uh, orange man really, really bad. 704-570-1110, 1-800-WBT-1110. Uh, let's go over to Ed. Welcome to the program. Hello, Ed. How are you? Hey, Pete. Thanks. Doing pretty good. I just want to tell you, I um, Tucker Carlson had this, uh, had this uh, review last week on the FBI. The same crew that did that um, Michigan governor that was supposedly going to get um, kidnapped and all that other stuff. Mm -hmm. That same crew out of Washington, D.C. is the same crew, and Tucker had this all documented, that did the January 6th, and it's the same FBI crew that did the uh, Mar-a-Lago raid. They didn't even bring in agents from Florida. They brought them in from Washington, D.C. Yeah, no, we talked with uh, Congressman Dan Bishop about that very thing in the first hour. Uh, he mentioned, yeah. yeah, he mentioned the Whitmer uh, kidnapping plot as well. And uh, look, I, this is the thing I said this about the the Klan, right, where the lefties are all like, oh, the Klan is everywhere. You know, they're always talking about the Klan and I, the, the Klan this is the best description of the Klan of uh, the modern era is that it, it primarily serves as a way for the FBI to infiltrate very small groups of people like that's all that it is like that that's that's its main purpose if you if the fbi wasn't there to kind of keep the clan going people uh probably wouldn't be in a clan anymore uh and i get the, and i get the sense that uh the same sort of thing was the same dynamic was at play up in michigan i have not followed all of the details of that case but what i oh have seen yeah what i have seen is very very disturbing yeah and i'll just tell you this i ended with this I don't care what they do, they're messing with the wrong guy when they mess with Trump. I'm just going to tell you that straight out. They're I'm not so sure. Trump. No, he I mean I'm not so guy. sure. I think I think if uh, I think somebody else who was more disciplined, I think somebody else who was a little bit cleaner in their business dealings, um, and a little bit uh, more beyond ethical reproach, I think may have uh, I think may have been a better. Fighter, but you know, hey, it's like Rumsfeld said: you go to war with the with the with the weaponry you've got. You know, I respectfully disagree with you, Pete, because uh, seventy-five million people voted for this real mean guy, and like I said, uh, give me the mean tweets and give me a dollar eighty-seven a gallon. I'll take it any day. Well, you know what? We're getting the mean tweets again. Have you seen the White House official Twitter? That's too bad. Yeah, we're getting the mean tweets from the White House. It's like some some college kid, uh, gr recent grad uh, in like 2019 from Rutgers, and so she's been out there just uh, just mean tweeting against Republicans. So we got that going for us again too. So isn't that funny? I graduated Rutgers. How about that? Oh, look at that! I detected a Yankee accent on you. Oh yeah. Hey, so are you from Jersey? 
I am. All right. Do you want to hear my Jersey joke? Go ahead. All right. Why do New Yorkers have such bad attitudes? It's because the light at the end of the tunnel is New Jersey. You can right, you, you, you use that the other direction, too, Ed. So you can Don't use it the other know. direction. Right. All the right. thing about Jersey, we know corruption. We can smell it a mile away. That's true. Well, you, know, you smell Jersey a mile away, too. Oh, no, I can't. I can't. Okay, Ed, okay. I, pre- <laughs> I appreciate it, buddy. Hey, I'm, yeah, I'm from New York. I can make these jokes. All right, buddy. Take it easy. Thanks for listening to the program. But you can use that joke both ways because the tunnel goes both ways. All right. Let me go over here to Jimmy and uh, talk with Jimmy. Hello, Jimmy. Welcome to the program. Hey, hey, what's up? Hey, Pete. What's going on? Uh, I, I can, you know, the leadership of the Republican Party, you know, they're really up in arms, not. <clears throat> they're, they're like as quiet as church mouth. I mean, if this was Jed Bush or uh, W, that, you know, they would be, they'd be hitting the ceiling already. So that's a, that's an interesting. So let's run this. Through, let's run this through, Jimmy. So that's an interesting uh, premise. If you have, well, all right. So let's say because, like, on the one hand, I can see that a lot of people are gun shy about rushing to the defense of Donald Trump because they don't like him, right? <laughs> because he's uh, he's kind of smarmy and they're afraid of him or whatever. Like, there's all these personal reasons why you wouldn't want to get any of that on you, right? So I, I can see that. And maybe there are people that think, oh, maybe this is true. He might have done something bad because, you know, Donald Trump, whatever. So they may be that kind of thing. But for somebody like Jeb Bush, if the FBI raided Jeb Bush's house today, do you think Republicans would rush to his defense? Or do you think they'd be more likely to say, well, I don't know. I mean, if they're going after Jeb Bush, he hasn't even been in the news for a while. So maybe a different person if they went after McCarthy. Uh, or Mitch McConnell, something like that. Would it be more believable that they're corrupt? Uh, that they're corrupt? That the FBI is corrupt? Or is it more believable that the person they raided is corrupt? What do you think? I think it most likely would be more the you know the FBI is corrupt. Mm. But if they touched any of the leadership, they would be you know they'll be screaming from the rooftops. Imagine if they just. Yeah, if they invaded Jed's uh, home, mm-hmm. they would they would be screaming, just screaming. I don't see. I don't know. I think there would be. I think because it's Jeb, I think there's a different dynamic at play. I think that people would give the benefit of the doubt to the FBI because it would be so out of character, right? I mean, love him or hate him, Trump has been investigated pretty much nonstop for like the last, uh, what, seven years now? So and that tells you how right. clean he is because they haven't found anything. True. <laughs> no, I, and I agree. Like uh, somebody mentioned earlier, I think it was, was it Dan Bishop who said, oh, the walls are closing in like Rachel Maddow every single day. The walls are closing in. I mean, how big is this room that Trump is in where the walls close in for seven years and never close them in? I don't get it. So, uh, yeah, like I, I do wonder uh, if I mean, although one of his guys is now what he got indicted. and He's I think he got sentenced. Right. Is the, the Trump organization guy? He's he's going to jail or something. He's cut a deal or whatever. Um, so I don't think like I, I, I just because they can't get at Trump for anything he has specifically done yet. Maybe that's his brilliance as a business owner, and he just like has other people do the bad stuff. I don't know. Um, 
they've they've built Trump to be Lex Luthor or something. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, and if he had just gone bald naturally instead of fight it, he could have made like the spitting image of Lex. <laughs> oh, I'm kidding. Come on. I, it's just a joke. All right, Jimmy, I appreciate the call, man. Thanks. Uh, look, I, that's the thing about Trump. I don't know, because, yes, I look at the past experience and every single time they come after this guy and they, oh, we got him now. And then they just like Wiley Coyote blows up in their face. So, no, you don't get the benefit of the doubt anymore. The FBI doesn't get the benefit of the doubt anymore on this. They don't. Not for me. I, I can't see how you could after all of the exploding dynamite sticks for the last five years, right? Come on. <music> News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Oh, good Lord. Uh... 704-570-1110, 1-800-WBT-1110. Sorry, I was just kind of going through some of the emails here, skimming through as I do. Um, this from the Washington Times is Kerry Pickett. House Republicans say they will use their oversight power on the House Judiciary Panel to hold accountable those responsible for the failings in the Bureau first described in an exclusive report in Monday's edition of the Washington Times. Uh, the Washington Times got a statement, so first, and they do quote Dan Bishop, uh, that uh, the culture has gone off the rails. Congressman Bishop says the FBI's culture has gone off the rails, and uh, he says, my Republican colleagues and I on the Judiciary Committee will leave no stone unturned. Um, In a statement, the Bureau said, its workers do their jobs well and that charges of misconduct are investigated and punished. Quote, All FBI employees are held to the highest standards of professional and ethical conduct. Don't you know? Allegations of misconduct are taken seriously and referred to the Inspection Division or the Department of Justice Office of the Inspector General. Through the disciplinary process, the FBI will continue to hold employees accountable for any substantial misconduct. The Washington Times notes that the statement did not substantively, substantively address any of the whistleblowers' charges. <laughs> because of, why would they? Why would they? Current and former FBI leaders at the Bureau's offices in Miami, Salt Lake City, Buffalo, New York, Newark, New Jersey. Well, Newark, New Jersey. In New, oh, sorry. Hang on a second. Well, see, this is terribly written. Why would you do this to me? Washington Times, Kerry Pickett. Bureau offices in Miami. Salt Lake City, but then she lists Buffalo, New York. Well, wait a minute. Why wouldn't you give me Salt Lake City, Utah? Why wouldn't you give me Miami, Florida? And really, you got to tell me Newark, New Jersey? Like, we all know where Newark is, don't we? Well, no, we are Americans. We don't need to know geography, so that's fair. Okay, so Miami, Salt Lake City, Buffalo, and Newark um, are all facing whistleblower complaints that supervisors forced or coerced agents to sign false affidavits and fabricated terrorism cases to pump up performance statistics. Or as they called it in the wire, juicing the stats, right? There's also a report that a supervisor sexually harassed and stalked a female agent, engaged in sexual acts with a subordinate in a government vehicle, and then crashed the vehicle. 
One of the whistleblowers, an FBI agent who claims superiors, including the FBI director Christopher Wray, ignored her accusations of sexual harassment. They say that the Bureau suffers from a, quote, mob-like mentality. A piece from Roger Kimball, who did not kill his wife. The one-armed man did. Anyway, no, it's, I'm kidding, that's Richard Kimball, right? Roger Kimball. Um, he's got a piece, this was published at uh, spectatorworld.com, the spectator. And he talks about, you know, Jan- uh, January 49 B.C., Julius Caesar leads part of his army across the Rubicon River. Right, bringing an army across that stream, Caesar had committed treason, crossing the Rubicon. He had crossed the line. It sparked a civil war which engulfed Rome and formalized the end of the Republic that had, as Caesar himself noted, had been dead in all but name for decades. And what Kimball wonders is, where is our Rubicon? Where is the line that once crossed signals definitively the end of one thing and the beginning of something else? He says, I hesitate to make any predictions about that because I have been wrong about it so often in the past. Surely I have thought this is it. The American people are not going to stand for this. And then they do. James Comey was okay. So was Andrew McCabe, Peter Strzok, Lisa Page, Kevin Kleinsmith, Michael Sussman, the FBI does something outrageous. There are a little bit of expressions of unhappiness, but then people go back to their lattes. They put it out of their mind. He says the distinguished left-wing criminal lawyer, Harvey Silverglate, is no friend of Donald Trump, but he is surely right that Trump is, quote, the most investigated head of state in our nation's history. It's been going on since before he was even president. The FBI has degenerated into a cadre of shock troops for the deep state. Their raid at Mar-a-Lago was part of the effort to taint Trump to render him radioactive to the public. That is coming from a left-wing criminal lawyer. Well, probably a criminal defense lawyer. I'm not sure he's a criminal lawyer. He could be. Harvey Silvergate is right. Given its history of lawless behavior, it is remarkable that no sitting president has moved to abolish the FBI. Unless, of course, like Chuck Schumer said, they got six ways to Sunday, right? To take you out. But one way or another, the FBI has got to be dismantled. Quote, we need an entirely new agency, Silvergate observed and a director who has no history of having worked in or with the FBI. Agency culture is a powerful force, and if we're to have any success in ridding the nation of this menace, we best eradicate it completely and start over. Unless, of course, the destruction is the point. News Talk 1110 and 99.3 WBT. Yeah, just real quick here, um, because I mentioned it earlier. Let me play the uh, the soundbite again. I played it earlier 
in the in the show. But this is the soundbite of uh, Mark Zuckerberg, who is the the CEO of Meta, which is the parent company now of Facebook. He's the founder of Facebook, Mark Zuckerberg. And he went on the Joe Rogan experience. And I saw somebody else say this, and they're exactly right, which is that Joe Rogan, just by being a curious person, because that's how if you ever watch his his YouTube shows, his podcasts, whatever, he he's just a regular guy and he just asks questions and he tries to read up on stuff and he tries to learn stuff, but he approaches conversations with a curious mind. And simply doing that, reporters, journalists, if you want to be good at your job and you want to actually suss out big stories, be more like Joe Rogan in this regard. He just, he's curious and he just asks, you know, he asks questions. He just wants to know what your take is on something and he just approaches it from that mindset. And here he is asking Mark Zuckerberg about the Hunter Biden laptop story and the efforts that Facebook went to to suppress that content from being shared during the 2020 election. How do you guys handle things when they're a a big news item that's controversial? Like there was a lot of attention on Twitter during the election because of the Hunter Biden laptop story. The New York Post. Yeah, so you guys censored that as well? So we took a different path than Twitter. Um, I mean, basically, the background here is the FBI, I think, basically came to us, uh, some some folks on our team, and was like, hey, um, just so you know, like, you should be on high alert. There was, the, we, we thought that there was a lot of Russian propaganda in the 2016 election. We have it on notice that basically there's about to be some kind of dump of, of um, uh, that's similar to that. So just be vigilant. So... Our protocol is different from Twitter's. What Twitter did is they said, you can't share this at all. Um, We didn't do that. What what we do is we have, um, if something is reported to us as potentially um, misinformation, important misinformation, we we also have this third-party fact-checking program because we don't want to be deciding what's true and false. (laughs) And for the, I think it was five or seven days when it was basically being, um, being determined whether it was false, um, the distribution on Facebook was decreased, but people were still allowed to share it. So you could still share it. You could still consume it. So when um, you say the distribution is decreased, and it, it got shared. It, how does that work? It basically the ranking in newsfeed was a little bit less. So fewer people saw it than would have otherwise. So it definitely by what percentage? I, I don't know off the top of my head, but it's 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 meaningful. But I mean, but basically a. Um, a lot of people were still able to share it. We got a lot of complaints that that was the case. Um, you know, obviously this is a hyper political issue. So depending on what side of the political spectrum, you either think we didn't censor it enough or censored it way too much. But right. but we weren't sort of as black and white about it as as Twitter. We just kind of thought, hey, look, if if the FBI, which you know, I still view as a legitimate institution in this country, it's like very professional law enforcement. They come to us and tell us that we need to be on guard about something, then I want to take that seriously. Did they specifically say you need to be on guard about that story? I, I no. I, I don't remember if it was that specifically, but it was it basically fit the pattern. So they go to Facebook, they say you got an information propaganda war, disinformation propaganda effort about to happen. They already knew that they had the Hunter Biden laptop. They already knew. And to the left, they don't care about this. You hear they wanted more censorship. They wanted more suppression of the story. 
on Facebook. He got complaints from people demanding uh, demanding to know why they would not censor, just completely ban the sharing of the New York Post story. Which is amazing to me. I've never heard in all my years doing this work, I have never heard anybody say that uh, left-wing publications should be banned from doing stories and doing journalism. I've, ne- I've, I've never heard that. I've never heard the right call for the left to be, uh, to be censored on all of the social media platforms, to have their publications blocked on Twitter, prevented from sharing articles, even in your direct messages. That's what happened on Twitter. You couldn't even send your, like an email program. Like you couldn't even send somebody a link to the article that you went and got on your, you're on your mobile app and you're like, oh, let me, I heard somebody at the water cooler talk about the New York Post story. So I go to nypost.com, find the story. Hey, let me send it over in a direct message to my buddy on Twitter. Nope, can't even do that. That's what people wanted on Facebook too. And which is funny because now the response is, well, good thing I didn't vote for Hunter Biden then. Well, then if, if that's the attitude now that it's no big deal that Hunter Biden is corrupt, because that's essentially what you're acknowledging, right? You're not willing to to do battle in the arena of ideas on the on the uh, the topic at hand, right? You're not you're not willing to come in and defend Hunter Biden. You're not you're, you're not interested in that. All you're saying is that Biden wasn't running for office, and so it doesn't matter. So you don't need to trifle with all of the details of the uh, of the story, right? Which is interesting because that would presume you know the details of the story. How would you know the details of the story? Particularly if you were one that were like, we need to censor this. Well, why would you need to censor it if it doesn't matter? Because Hunter Biden isn't running for office. See, it's th- this isn't a consistent standard being applied here. This is just... What do we need to say now to win this particular point right now? And then when I go to the next argument, if I have to take the complete opposite position, I will do so. That's what we're seeing. So the folks that are saying, well, Hunter Biden wasn't on the ballot. True enough, he was not on the ballot, although half of his name was on the ballot. Yeah, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, see, it was. But Hunter Biden was not on the ballot, but his father was. And his father... And Hunter, his father lied about knowing and talking with Hunter about his business dealings. We know that. Now we know that. Everybody who heard Joe Biden say that back then uh, during the campaign, oh, I've never talked with him. I've never spoken with him about any of his business dealings. We all knew that was garbage. How do you not talk to your kid about, uh, well, it is a Biden, and I have heard that they uh, they don't talk to their kids a lot. That's Oh, come on. I, I mean, it's sad, but I, I kid. Um, but when he said that in that interview, it was obviously not believable because even just sitting around the dinner table, oh, hey, Hunter, how's the business going? What are you up to nowadays? Like what? Like three, four, five, eight balls? What? <laughs> Sorry. I'm not mocking addiction. So um, I never found that to be believable. And when... Uh, when it now is, is discovered on the laptop and it is discovered in uh, other reporting that, in fact, yeah, th- there's a phone message that Hunter ha- uh, Biden had on his laptop. They've got into that and they found, because uh, like all your accounts are all in this laptop and they were able to gain access in and now they got voicemail messages and there's, oh, there's 
There's Joe leaving a voicemail talking about business. So we know that was a lie. We know about the 10% for the big guy. We know about the guy, what's his name, uh, Bobolinsky, right? One of the business, uh, one of the consultant guys that worked for Hunter Biden's little crew. Um, this th- this story exists, right? It's now even been covered by some of your, quote, mainstream media outlets, which I would always thought the New York Post was as well, but apparently not. It's the oldest newspaper in America, but pff, who cares? Um it always was a story. It always has been a story. And you got people that are like, well, it's not a story. I don't care. I don't want to hear about it. Let's go after Trump. We need to keep going after Trump. I literally have a guy on my Twitter right now after I tweeted out, hey, Dan Bishop joins me to uh, discuss the corruption of the FBI. And you know what this guy's response is? LMAO. Okay, dude. But no mention of Trump's corruption? Sure. You Trumpers are all going down. Canter on democracy by your cult. Simply discussing the corruption of the FBI makes me a Trumper in this guy's view. Isn't that amazing? Again, that's not, uh, that's not an honest approach to discourse. That's not somebody interested in engaging in the battle of ideas. All right, Newstalk 1110-993-WBT. I did actually have a lot of other show prep for the program, but I guess we'll do it on Monday. Um, Real quick, though, this is a story out of the New York Post. Nate Silver claimed liberal public health elites, that's his words, those are his words, liberal public health elites pressured Pfizer to delay fast-track approval of its COVID-19 vaccine until after the 2020 presidential election, thus denying then-President Donald Trump a political win before voters headed to the polls. The number-crunching data journalist reacted to an article by Politico that cited a House report that claimed the Trump administration sought to expedite approvals for both vaccines and, quote-unquote, unproven treatments for COVID-19. We remember this, right? So keep in mind, this report that came out of the House is designed to uh, to attack Trump, right? Oh, he was trying to make it all political. He wanted to get that uh, the vaccines out before the election so he could claim credit. That that's their framing of it. But Nate Silver wrote that liberal public health elites pushed Pfizer to quote change its original protocols that govern its authorization of vaccines so that the decision would be put off until the election day two years ago. He noted that Pfizer's decision, quote, had the convenient side effect of delaying any vaccine announcement until after the election and that the story deserves more scrutiny. That, of course, wins him uh, criticism uh, and accusations that he's full MAGA conspiracy guy now. (laughs) because they changed the protocols, and he says, hey, maybe people might want to look into this. The 538 editor-in-chief said most public health officials, quote, tend to be strong Democratic partisans, and that their push for Pfizer to take its time in announcing a vaccine, quote, may have been politically motivated in whole or in part. It's a story that deserves more reporting. Now, the company, Pfizer, has denied delaying the results for political reasons. 
They say they didn't do that at all. It just conveniently worked out that way. Sure, it's just coincidental. Two six packs of shiner, 99 cent butane lighter, lucky strikes and a fifth of Patron. Ice down that igloo cooler, take a guess at all to do her. I can feel a good one coming on. Throw in Ray Wiley Hubbard, sing along to Redneck Mother. All right, so people ask me, who is this band that you're playing? People sometimes ask. All right, sometimes they do ask me. It's Blackberry Smoke, by the way. It's Blackberry Smoke. Three blondes in a ragtop Mustang Followed us down to the lake And didn't have to think about that too long Skinny dipping in the bright moonlight Situation couldn't be more right I can feel a good one coming on So yeah, Blackberry Smoke, name of the band, and uh, they're actually playing in Charlotte tomorrow night at the uh, Music Factory. So if you're interested, go check them out. I've seen them live in concert. They are a lot of fun, even when the lead singer uh, had uh, had the flu. It was the flu. It was not COVID. This was pre-COVID days. Have a great weekend. See you Monday. Don't break anything while I'm gone.